0: We're going to be looking this morning at a, a message that I feel is beneficial to all of us, and I'm proud. Very, I'm a very thankful pastor. I, I'm careful about using uh, the word proud. There's a Christian way to use proud, and then. Pride goes before destruction, and destruction before a haughty fall, the Bible says. So I never want to have a prideful spirit that I'm better than somebody else. I've got it better than somebody else, or I'm doing a better job than anyone else. That, that, that is a haughty spirit, and that spirit can be crucified with the blood of Jesus. Lord, let my wash away. I have nothing to glory of except the fact that you died on the cross for me. But I'm so grateful that I am a shepherd of a, of a church that is loyal. You're loyal. You're loyal to help. I think there was twenty some people in the kitchen sent, went Friday night to make the rib dinner, what it was, and there was people that that stayed to help clean up. There was people that showed up to smoke the ribs, and, and I'm just a grateful pastor this morning to know what loyalty is all about. And you teach others loyalty, and you're loyal to the past to your church you're loyal to, to your pastor and his family and and you're loyal when you walk out of here you're loyal to the father who created us in his own image and he's given us an opportunity to live a fruitful life including him in our life so i want to talk to you about loyalty this morning and to get started uh how many are a little bit tired this morning if you just if you just say my body's t- trying to re- uh Put me to rest this morning. It's really telling me I'm tired. I want to, I want to do something this morning, and I want to say this: There's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. There's nothing that you can remember or put into your spirit more powerful than the Word of God. And and I and I want to, if you would just let me put into some practice this morning, uh, I want to lead you in a scripture that's found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 and some of the greatest worship courses that we sing here are scriptures that are put into lyrics and then we vocally some people call it this a song service but when we praise the lord we're lifting our voice in praise for what he's done and in chapter uh in philippians chapter 4 verse 13 somebody has given us Uh, a song and i want us to stand and we're going to sing this scripture and then next sunday i'm going to ask this question can anybody remember what chapter philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says go ahead and stand do we have the words on on the screen for that for that scripture brother sound man i know we're getting there There it is. No, it, it's the other one, uh, Kevin. All right. Can everybody read that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When do we need that? When we're facing opposition. And here's the lyrics to it. And I want you to join me. It goes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move right out of my way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move when people pray. I can do all things through christ who strengthens me mountains have to move right out of my way i can do all things through christ who strengthens me mountains have to move when people pray i can do all things through christ who strengthens me Mountains have to move right out of my way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move when people pray. Have you got it? Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Now, here's what I want to ask you to do. In the morning, or at your devotion time, if you're not used to devotion time, when you sit down for coffee, read through your Bible. Philippians is over in the New Testament. And look at chapter 4, verse 13. And remind yourself of what you did. You worshiped the Lord at Elm Grove on this Sunday morning with this course. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's do it again. I can do all Things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move right out of my way. I can do all. Things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move right out of my way. Good again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move right out of my way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mountains have to move when people pray. Now put your hands together and give yourself a hand clip. All right, there's another scripture in Psalms 34, and I want us to learn it, and we're going to do it again next Sunday. And while uh, Kevin puts it on the uh, overhead, there it is, Psalms 34, chapter 34, and verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. How do we do that? No matter what we're facing, driving down the highway, no matter what we're doing, we can say, thank you, Jesus. I'm blessing you. I want to bless the Lord at all times, in good times and bad times, in challenging times and in cherishing times. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise. Listen to me. Everybody look this way. You can't complain and praise the Lord at the same time. And the Bible says, do all things without murmuring and complaining. You may be found blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Isn't that awesome? Craig and I believe it is. We want the rest of you to believe it. All right. We're going to sing this one, and we're going to do it again next Sunday. I want you you people to really enjoy what the Word has to say. I will bless. Let me get the timing done. I'm having a hard time. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times I will bless the Lord. At all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth one more time i will bless the lord at all times i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth i will bless the lord at all times i will bless the lord At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, I did pretty good, didn't I? Yeah, put your hands together one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you may be seated. I believe that coming to church should be a happy time, a fun time. I I used to I I had to redevelop redevelop my mentality when the Lord called me in to preach uh and to the ministry. I, I thought I thought you came to church and you were supposed to always look sober. I didn't know you could laugh and I didn't know you could I, I didn't know you could just relax and breathe. And know somebody wasn't gonna get you for that. And it took a lot of programming, even though I, I was I, the, my first trip was to church, and uh, my dad, uh, when I was in the first grade, I began at Fletcher, Oklahoma, my first grade in 1946. I didn't I didn't know you could go to, to church to have fun. All I could hear is my mother telling four boys, don't do that. Don't do that. And I thought church was made, but don't do that. I tell you, it, it, it was horrible. I, I grew up hating church. And there were some tattletales that seen things that mom didn't see, and they'd go tell on us. Yeah. yeah, why would you want to go to heaven with people like that? But It's amazing. The Apostle Paul says, when I was a child, I th- thought like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became mature in the Lord, I put away childish things. And he was giving praise to the Lord because God alone gives us the ability to improve on our thinking and our life. So this morning, we're talking about loyalty. How many of you would say that disloyalty is a big deal in our nation this morning? Raise your hand. I want to see everybody thinks. Uh, I want to see everybody. We're pretty well on the same page, don't, don't aren't we? Let me ask you this. And I want everybody to be honest with you this morning. No, there's nobody who's going to get you, call you aside. Nobody's going to talk to you about this. But uh, how, much, how many of you would say, uh, uh, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm a pretty loyal person? Come on. I'm not going to ask those that didn't raise your hand uh, to raise your hand. But most of us, we feel, you know, I, th- I think we're uh, the Lord. Uh, I, I would think he, he would probably raise his hand and agree with you. You're, you're, you're a loyal person. But here is a challenge for us this morning. We see the tension, don't we? We see the tension in our world today. And we all say disloyalty is a significant problem in America today. And yet, all of us are basically loyal people. And I don't know about you, but I, I really feel helpless sometimes when I see how the world is acting. And if you're taking no- notes this morning or you're writing anything down that's going to be said... I want you to remember this thought as we get started this morning. disloyalty this is very difficult to see in the mirror. I'm talking to myself it's very it's it's it's, it's, it's very difficult I, I i overlook it many times in my own in, in my own life and we like to say hey i i'm I'm loyal to you, but it's not because there's been times you haven't deserved it. My wife especially would say that after almost 70 years, she, she would say, "You know, there have been times I question your loyalty. My dad got the, the message of loyalty over to us when we were uh, two, four, six, and I was eight, and my sister was thirteen. If you ever said one, if you ever let one complaint slip from your lips about my mother's cooking. He said, this, "These are his words. I'll meet you in that bedroom. And while while you were trucking at that bedroom, he was taking his belt off, and he taught me how to dance in the spirit when I was very young. I could dance high when he had, and he would spank us. He would take, he, he, he would take this hand, the hand with a belt, that he would reach with our left arm, and we would just go circles because I'd try to get ahead of the belt, and you just couldn't outrun my dad." He taught us loyalty about seating at the setting at the table this is a hard this is a this is a hard thing for me to say, and yet we 're just human beings this morning and I want you to know that anything that I preach or bring to you if it 's not talking to your your shepherd, you never hear it but when the message comes from my lips, you know that boy the pastor 's work is cut out for him one of the one of the biggest heartbreaks in Almost 50 years of ministry has been to have special guests come our way and take them to the restaurant, proud that Sealing America could host a celebrity, somebody that's seen on TV or somebody that's written songs, and, and they're known around the world, and, and order the, the food. And when the plate of food comes, I, more than once I've saw one of my guests say, that's not what I ordered. Look at those eggs. And I shrunk from here down to here. Let me say this. I've gone to restaurants that didn't actually bring me what I ordered. But unless it's gravy, (laughs) I eat it. If it's gravy, I just ignore it. I was taught to be loyal at the table. And, you know, we all had disagreements. Uh, my, My brothers and I all learned to eat tacos at my mother's house long before Ted's ever knew about how to make tacos. And my mother knew how to make. She could have put Ted's out of business in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Because her tacos, after you'd swallowed the last bite and you'd picked up the crumbs, and that was the last tortilla. My mouth would just drool if I just had one more taco. Teaching loyalty is something that has been very valuable to me, and yet I'm not, I haven't arrived. Can I say this? When my speed exceeds the sign of information, you know what that's really saying? You filled in the gap. Thank you, thank you. You're so, you're so loyal to me. You're so kind to me. I don't have to go ahead and spell it. But disloyalty is very difficult to see in the mirror. We like to say, hey, I'm loyal to you. <laughs> but if I'm ever not, it's because you deserved it. Because you pushed me beyond my limits. But if you're not loyal to me, oh, my goodness, disloyalty is a big problem. It's very difficult to see in the mirror. I will give you probably the best biblical example this morning as we go to the Word. If you look at the New Testament, there's one guy that I love to read because he buries himself with his own shovel. There's one guy that have claimed to be loyalty to Jesus above all else. It was a guy by the name of Peter. Over and over again, he said, Jesus, I've got your back. I'm your man. If all the other lovers leave you, I will never leave you. I'm your loyal guy. Matthew chapter 26, verse 33, 35. Peter replied, even if everyone falls away on account of you, I never will. I'll tell you the truth, Jesus says, this very night before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. But beat Peter declares, even if I have to die for you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. If you know the rest of the story, and most of you do, before the evening was over, three different people come up and said, hey, weren't you with that guy named Jesus? And Peter says, Jesus who? What are you talking about? I don't know any any man by the name of Jesus. Three different people. After the third one, the rooster crows. And you can read in between lines i can almost see the heart of peter falling oh my goodness i said i'd be loyal but i was disloyal to the most loyal one i've ever known not one but three times just like he said and the bible says in matthew chapter 26 verse 75 he went out and he didn't cry he wept bitterly here's what we need to understand true loyalty is proven not proclaim. I'll just ask you, are you basically a loyal person? And almost all of us would say, absolutely, I agree that disloyalty is a significant problem in our culture today. But not me. <laughs> loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6 says, Many a man claims to have an unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. We have got to learn as followers of Christ not just to talk the talk, but walk the walk and to me one of the greatest examples is found in our sports arena with Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson and I know most of you aren't old enough to remember this but back in 1947 they both played for the Brooklyn Dodgers nobody's worth watching by my New York three grandchildren but the Brooklyn Dodgers probably not because they live in New York but that's who they watch both players were very good friends. What makes the story meaningful is Jackie Robinson was the first American to play baseball and to break the race barrier. It was a very significant deal in his day, and even those on his teammates turned against him. All sorts of fans wrote death messages and, and all sorts of horrible things about him, and simply because it was the color of his skin. This was in 1947. One day when Brooklyn was playing Cincinnati, Jackie Robinson was playing second base, and his friend Pee Wee Robinson was playing shortstop, and the crowd started doing things they'd do today. They were throwing things and booing, and they were saying horrible things to Jackie Robinson. And his white friend, the shortstop, took his glove, threw it down on the dirt, and walked from his position to second base to his friend Jackie Robinson, and looked up at all the booing crowd, and he simply did this. He put his arm around his friend, and the crowd went completely silent. Jackie Robinson later said that one simple act did more than save his career. It saved his life. In fact, it was such a special moment in history that they even made a statue to symbolize the act of loyalty between two special friends. Loyalty was proven. It was not just proclaimed. As we as followers of Jesus, thank Him daily. That He was, just like we heard the song last Sunday, the middle man, we heard it the 4th of July, I guess. Did we hear it last Sunday, too? We did? I think we did. I know we heard it on, on the 4th, at the 4th of July. When I think about the loyalty of Jesus, and came to this earth just for you and me, spent 30 years preparing for a, a three-year ministry before he was crucified on the cross between two thieves. He was the middle one on the tree. Yet, because of his loyalty to his father, even on the on the path to Gethsemane, where he spent agonizing prayer before he faced the cross, he was a he was the Son of God, but he came to this earth in the form of a man, and he bled and died just like you and I would have if we had been treated like this. And then Gethsemane cried out, and the Bible says his tears were like tears of blood as he said father if it be possible let this bitter cup pass from me notice loyalty nevertheless not my will but your will be done let me just meddle a little with you this morning we're all one family we're all we're all family we're friends but let me ask you has anybody ever been disloyal to you and you've said, Lord, let this bitter cut pass from you until you do. I'm just going to separate myself from that person. We see that in marriages today. We see that in 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 our younger generation. Young people don't want to follow and be loyal to a mom and dad that's brought them into this world. Mom who's given nine months of free rent to that baby before she brought him into this world. And at an early age, they come to the place that... They want to be disloyal. They don't want to follow the rules and the examples, and they go their way. And it's called disloyalty. Well, there's stories in the Bible for you and I to follow today, and they're examples so that we'll recognize that we're not only one, the only one that goes through the fire and the flood. We're not the only ones that that have to. St- struggle on a daily basis to keep the loyalty to Jesus. There's days when I get up, my agenda comes to my mind before I ever get my head off of the pillow about things I've got to do, things I've got to go to. And would you believe there's times when I wake up and I think, did I have a funeral this morning? And my goodness, I haven't even studied for it. And I begin to think, Lord help me! Is do I have a funeral today? You see, I, I'm pretty telling me if I ever go through a week without having at least one, and there has been one week. In a week's time, I had five funerals, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the agenda just continues to continue. And I, I enjoy loving people. I enjoy being there for somebody when it just seems like their best friend is gone. things things happen and there's no answer for it and sometimes it's with a a child and sometimes it's with older people but there's nothing like just letting these arms preach the message sometimes only these three words i love you i'm praying for you we're here to help you through this struggle of life but king david had a son his name was Absalom he was a third son his son committed a horrible crime and ended up murdering a guy and went on the run for, for his life about three years later Absalom returned with a big army to overthrow his father's throne David had been faithful to his son Absalom and yet his son was being disloyal to his own father and now King David was on the run trying to save his own life with his own son trying to kill him. There was a guy by the name of Attiah. He showed up on the scene. He was basically a mercenary. He was a hired guy who was a commander of 600 soldiers. Attiah volunteered to fight on behalf of David. He had heard about Absalom, his son, turning to be a rebel and trying to kill his father, who was a king. And you can read that story in Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 19 and 20. It talks about, the king said to Attiah the Gedite, why should you come along with us or with me? Go back and stay with King Absalom. I know he's my son. I know he's had to kill me. But your chances are better going with his army than your, it is going with mine because he's younger than me. He has a strong following, and you're a foreigner, and, ex- and you're in exile from your own homeland. You only came yesterday. Go back and take your countrymen and follow my son Absalom. And may kindness and faithfulness be with you. How many of us today, if we had a son that had an army that was out to destroy us, and one of, one of your son's military leaders came and said, I want to fight for you. I think you're right. Your, your son's wrong. He should never be doing this. He's being disloyal. And yet David, David. A very man with a a man with a lot of flaws in his life, probably a more sinful man than anyone else in the Bible. But yet, when he sinned, the Bible said he was quick to come to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness. David says to this gentleman, the commander of the army, Atiah, six hundred soldiers, go in peace. In other words. I'm giving you a free pass. You don't have to fight this battle. Uh, Let's not see any of your men injured or killed, and not you as well. Just go home and live in peace. Verse 21 says, But Atiah replied to the king, As surely as the Lord lives and as my lord and king lives, whoever my lord the king may be, whether it be life or death, there will your servant be. Here's what he was saying. I'm going to be loyal to you even if I die in this battle against your son. Not only did he proclaim loyalty, but he proved it as he brought 600 soldiers in battle and fought so faithfully that David later elevated Atiah to be in charge of about a third of his troops because he embraced virtue with loyalty. No matter what it costs me, no matter what everybody thinks, even if it costs me my life, I'm not loyal up to a point i'm not conditionally loyal my loyalty is with you forever david and he proved it now what i want to do for a few moments is something a bit different since most of you today uh, raised your hand with your pastor basically i'm a loyal person could you let me jump the fence while you stay on your side of the fence and let me just talk to you as a sarcastic pastor you know i'm not sarcastic don't you let me just look at it through another man's eyes this morning. I, I love you. But I want to I want to use sarcasm, sarcasm this morning maybe to shake the cage where we live in for just a few moments. I want to tell you how to be, loyal, be disloyal because most of you you're right, you're 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 loyal people. But let's just take a moment a, a few moments to think about what disloyalty does. And here's how you can do it i want to give you three points uh, great opportunities to be disloyal number one if you're willing to take if you're taking notes this morning a great place to start is to be disloyal to your spouse one amen let me just meddle a little bit i'm i'm, I'm not this, this is not me i'm just looking at it from a sarcastic pastor this morning okay I thank you for your permission. What we have to do is you have to ignore God's word when Malachi says in chapter 2, verse 15, Has not the Lord made us one? He's talking about one man and one woman. Has not the Lord made us one in flesh and spirit? They're his. Why one? because he was seeking godly offspring so guard yourself in your spirit and don't break faith with the wife of your youth that's found in malachi chapter 2 verse 15 let's dumb it down a little bit would you let me do that now remember i'm i'm preaching as a sarcastic pastor all right we're going to have an altar service at following the message and the preacher's going to rededicate his life to the lord no i'm not i'm not that individual let's dumb this down a little bit let's talk about some creative subtle ways to be disloyal we know someone who's a master of oil and a brother is born to help in time of need who can be that i mean that's crazy a brother is born in a time of need some great ways to be disloyal to your friends is not love your friends enough to tell them the truth If they ask you something and the truth is going to hurt their feelings, by all means lie. I'm, I'm preaching from a sarcastic point of view now. You can, you can relax. Don't, don't look at me like I fell off the log. Your, your job is to, make you, is, is to make them feel good, not to tell them the truth and above all else, don't confront them about something they're doing wrong. Don't love them enough to stand in their way and say, because I'm your friend, I won't let you do something destructive. I have a friend like that. I have many friends like that, but there's one seated here that I ride to the city with quite often. He'll say, "Uh, Orville, you need to slow down. You see that 25-mile-an-hour speed limit? They've been watching this area. He's correcting me. And and you won't believe this, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes I just like to speed up when he says that. I don't because, let me tell you, I would never want him to see me get a speeding ticket after he's warned me. Moving on, moving on. Just being truthful, okay? We're family, okay? Because I'm your friend, I won't let you do something destructive. Then whenever you do have a hard time and just walk away, write them off. Don't don't do the biblical thing and forgive and work through it. What's hot today is just to walk away. Saturate that place with your absence. Whenever someone hurts you, just walk away. It's the easiest thing to do. Let's talk about another way, and you can write this one down. This is number two. Another opportunity for disloyalty is you can be disloyal to your Christ church. Think about this for a minute. You can be very disloyal. You can be unfaithful to the church. And, and, and or to the church of your, uh, no matter where you go to church, you can be disloyal to your church. When people get acquainted with you and they say, "We need you," you're you, we we we've got people like we need people like you to come and make this place stronger. And they get their hopes up, and then uh, for some reason they're gone. Disloyalty. Oh, look, listen to me, listen to me. It's not about being faithful to the pastor, even though you you are very faithful to me. One day, God's going to open the book and see if we've been faithful to him. Because he's, a, he's our heavenly father. He gave us, gave us the opportunity. The New Testament Christians, they were like fanatics into this Jesus thing. I mean, they took him serious. They believed in the church. And all of us know today's world, we don't have time to really be a part of the church. And we want to add a little bit of Jesus in our life, but not enough to make a difference. that would make us weird or different. Or anything like that. I mean, even to look at at those New Testament crazy people. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the disciples, teaching and the fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and the prayer. They were like this disgusting little community that did life together and cared about one another and ministered to one another and got into committed relationships. I mean... Let's be all that we can in this Jesus thing. And they were; they proved their loyalty. And 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 the Bible says every seven years was a year of jubilee, and everything went back to its original owner. All debts were all debts were were uh, canceled. There was even a couple that sold their land and brought their money to the church, but they uh, didn't give it all, and they were confronted. To, and they said, is this all that you brought? Is that all the land brought that you, that you sold? And they said, yes. And they died. Ananias and Sapphira, you can find this story in the book of Acts. They brought an offering. They didn't bring it all. And let's just be honest. What fun is it if we can't disagree and fight and divide? What's this thing unity about? Stupid and outdated. Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 45, they sold their possessions and goods and gave to anyone as he had need. Sounds like communism to me. We don't have time for that. Here's what I want you to do to be disloyal to your church. Just make sure you attend the church periodically. Everybody grab your seat. I'm still preaching from sarcastic that I'm not this morning. The average American Christian now goes to church one weekend a month. Beautiful, beautiful. And if you do go, make sure you go with some uh, mindsets that uh, I've got to get out of there as quick as I can. I've got chores to do. I've got things I've, uh, we're going to like as soon as we are over, but we're going to be loyal. And then there are those today that have this mindset. I'm just going to find a church that meets my needs. Don't you ever start thinking that you're the church and you're here to meet the needs of this world. Look for a church that meets your needs. Don't give. Don't get involved and don't serve and don't use your gift because the church exits are for me. And I'll come when I want to and I'll go when I come, want to. And then if anyone does something you don't like, For instance, the sarcastic pastor. Here's a perfect excuse to never coming back. Just get mad. Leave. Don't work on things. Don't become more godly. Don't grow. Don't develop. If somebody takes a program away or doesn't smile at you or your kids gets in a fight, just go and don't ever come back. That's how to be disloyal. Now all of that being said, disloyalty is difficult to see in the mirror. Because we all acknowledge that disloyalty is a problem in our culture today, but most of us don't think it's us. Now, I'm getting ready to preach to myself. You can take your hearing aids out or turn them down. In fact, I forgot mine this morning. <laughs> They're still in the bathroom, uh, laying on the vanity. I'm basically a Loyal person. The problem is, most of us are basically loyal to ourselves. I am. I didn't want to admit that, but it's true. I am loyal to myself. I want to make sure when I leave the house that that I'm groomed well enough. And if I'm not, uh, you won't believe this, but I've got I bought a a hat at Maddie and Jacob's wedding in north carolina and when you put the hat on the brim i love it it falls down where they you kind of got to raise your eyes to look and uh and and the brim falls all the way around and so i I love to put that on to do yard work well my brother and his wife came by last week and they said uh i said have you ate they said no and i'd been in the yard and i I love to shower i love to have fresh clothes when i go to the restaurant And and i said this thinking they wouldn't take me up i said let's go eat they said let's go so the first thing I did, I grabbed that hat, had my colored sunshades on, and I said, Nobody's gonna know who I am. <laughs> we went to the crooked arrow, and we sat down in the corner with my back facing east. And when people would come in, I'd glance before they got by, and then I'd I'd put my head to where one lady recognized sherry and here she came and she got to where she could look under the brow that had i knew that was you i know you'd probably say that i've been disloyal to my wife running around with another man but you know what (laughs) we all have moments And that's the reason we need one another. That's the reason we need Jesus. And and I can tell you something, even as your pastor, if you see an area in my life where you think I'm living on dangerous ground, tell me. Just let me have the same opportunity. Would you do that? I'll tell you, there's one guy in this church, I, I mean, his head is hard as mine. And he's been here almost as long as I have. But I'm telling you, he's got his way of doing it, and I've got my way of doing it. How many know that two bosses are not needed on the same job? We've had all our disagreements, but when we walk off, here's what you'll hear us say to each other. I love you, man. And he's sitting right here. Let me tell you, I know I'm a winner. I know he's lost and I've won every one. I've got living proof. Look how much hair I've got. He, He doesn't. Loyalty doesn't mean that we can't disagree. You drive a different color car than I drive. I'm a pickup person. I love. If I had a million dollars in the bank, you know what I'd like to drive? Pickup. I'm just. I'm at home in a pickup. But you know what? You don't. You don't change churches because I drive a Ford pickup. It's awesome to see all the different colors. Of vehicles line this church it's awesome to see what your taste is and it speaks well of you and i i'm just i'm just blown away at at, at how we can have different tastes and still come together and have great fellowship Amen. you know what that's what jesus did he came to a world that was sick it was so sin sick Can I tell you, at the temple gate, the prostitutes were selling their bodies on the street, on the the sidewalk in front of the temple when Jesus came to this world. Don't tell me he didn't know what was going on. And here's what he came he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And three years he died, giving his life because most people would rather disagree than to buy into the plan. Listen to me. God still has the best plan. He said, call unto me, Jeremiah 33, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things you know nothing about. My time is up. That line clock says it's 3 minutes till 12. So we're bringing the message to close this morning. Disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. This is my third point. Think about loyalty from God's perspective. God created us to show us a love and to have in, an intimate, ongoing fellowship with us. And he was so loyal to us in that while we were full of sin, he loved us. While we were being disloyal to him, he loved us enough that God sent his own son, own son to bear our sins. And even when we were faithless, disloyal, he remained faithful to us. And here's what he asked for. God asked for all of our hearts today. So I don't know where you are going to. I don't know where you've come from today. But I would imagine that some of you will need to go to your spouse after this service and say, I'm so sorry. The reason I know that is because I did that before I came to talk to you this morning. I am so sorry, honey. Uh, And can I say this? Sometimes it's being disloyal to our family when we just have to work all the time. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, I I didn't touch very strong on that. Sometimes we rob our family out of family time just because of work. I'm closing. I promise you. I am. Today is a day that we can take inventory. Who are we loyal to? Are we loyal to ourselves? I hope so. The Bible says, Love your neighbors yourself. I hope you're loyal to your spouse because she's the one that usually makes us look like we do, helps us to smell like we smell, motivates us with our unconditional love. But to our church, I will say that good news is there are many of you that have been faithful to the church all of your life. You recognize that you are the church, and you praise God because your life is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you that gives you the ability, and you can sing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's because you've been loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been an example. You've been a leader to your family. You've been a leader to your neighborhood. You've been a leader today, and most of your neighbors know exactly where you're at this morning. You're loyal. You're loyal. You've served the Lord in good times, and you've served the Lord when things weren't good. And it seemed like the. I've watched many of you, and the, there's been days when the roof just seemed to come down on you. Some of you have lost your spouse. Some of you have lost children. And I was like, look at you, I think of loyalty. You haven't given up. You haven't thrown in a towel. You haven't given up on God's plan because he has a plan for your life, and your life is not over. And here's what I do in closing, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. No matter where you're at, no matter how an area of your life that may be a disloyal, the, here's what you can do. First Peter 5, 7 says you can lay it in God's hand. In fact, cast it so you'll turn it loose. Cast it all on the Lord because he cares. And here's what he'll do. He'll put his arms around you and love you. And here's what he'll say. I'm going to give you strength to say I'm sorry. I don't want to do that. He's going to say, learn to say, I'm sorry. Lord, thank you this morning. Don't ever let us forget this morning, Lord, how important it is to be loyal. Loyal to our friends, loyal to our fellowship, loyal to one another, loyal to you this morning. Lord, today, just something in my heart that's stirring this morning about loyalty and how good you've been to us and the things you've done for us to bring us this far in life journey. And I ask you this morning in the closing moment of this service, Lord, the Bible says, let a man examine himself as I release you, Holy Spirit, to, as you're knocking upon every heart's door in this building this morning, and you're available to talk to each individual, each of us, Lord, you never sleep, you never slumber, you're always on call 24-7. Lord, speak to us today as only you can speak, and show us things that we may have overlooked in our life about loyalty. And may we walk out of this building and say, I'm going to make some adjustments. I'm going to learn in, in ways that I've never learned before. I want to be a loyal person because when I finish this race here on this earth, I want to hear the master say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in loyalty. You've been faithful to ask me you, to forgive you, enter into the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your plan. In Jesus' name we pray. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. Maybe are you here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus? Have you are you here this morning and you've never admitted you needed help, but today you realize I've been loyal, I've been disloyal to Jesus because I've never given him my life. I've never asked him to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. And that would be called disloyalty to the plan of salvation. You're here this morning and that's you before we give the benediction. Would you just be honest enough with yourself to raise your hand? and Let me see it so I can pray for you th- today. You'd say, that's me, Pastor. I've never made Jesus the Lord in my life. I've never made him my best friend, but I want to. Would you pray for me? All right, would you stand? May the God of peace be upon you this morning. And as we leave God's house this morning, I hope everybody can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, today... We give all the praise and the honor to you for the great things you've done and the provision you've made for us. We thank you for the awesome congregation that you've allowed us to minister to this morning. And I just thank you for your love and tender mercy that endures forever and the strength of the, that the Holy Spirit gives us that empowers us to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. This morning, as we leave this place, let us never forget, Lord, that you've called us to be loyal to one another, to be loyal to you, first of all, to be loyal to our family and to be loyal in the things you've called us to do. We just want to give you the praise, honor, and glory for the great things you've done for us and the things you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's family said, amen. God bless you today. You're dismissed.